Hi, everybody. I'm Ray Williams. Welcome to the College of Sports Media 10th Anniversary Podcast. February the 4th, 2008. That's when the College of Sports Media, also known as CSM, embarked on a bold mission to train the next generation of radio and television sports broadcasters in Canada. We started with just 14 students and eight instructors. And from that humble beginning, CSM has evolved into one of Canada's top schools, known for producing and honing the talents of many well-rounded individuals in front of the cameras and microphones and also behind the scenes. 10 years later, it's a good time to reflect on the journey. In a series of podcasts, you'll hear from instructors and former students who will reflect on their memories at CSM and how it helped them to reach their potential. We hope you enjoy them, and if you do, please let us know on Twitter at C Sports Media. Guys, thanks a lot. This is awesome. I love being back. Yeah, yeah I, it's fun. Uh, Faisal obviously comes with a little bit of reputation, maybe more Hardly. so no, no, for no. the listener. Looking pretty good in that suit. Thank you. Didn't know there was a no suit rule. <laughs> Didn't care. <laughs> Didn't care. <laughs> Tied up. I like it. Uh, Tyler, what's going on in your life? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just just working every day. I'm over at uh, Anthem Sports and Entertainment. And, uh, you know, just Fight Network, Fantasy Sports Network, Game TV, uh, and some wrestling stuff now that uh, we've recently purchased Impact Wrestling. Uh, so, yeah, a broad scope of things. So, uh, keeping busy. Faisal, for people who don't know who you are. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm at Sportsnet. I'm doing, seems like everything right now, <laughs> anchoring, hosting, reporting, uh, doing some fun clip shows, uh, traveling a lot to, you know, speak to athletes and learn about their lives and their homes and stuff. So uh, it's been busy. It's been a busy couple of years and uh, yeah, couldn't be happier though. Ty, you, you got working pretty quick uh, after you came to CSM. Yeah, uh, we, uh, right, right out the gate. Yeah. Uh, for being, uh, the first class, how was it when you first came in here, knowing that you guys were the maiden voyage? A little intimidating, I guess. Um, we didn't know what to expect. It's, you know, it, for, for guys, I mean, you were the class right behind me, but for Faisal, like you came in a little afterwards, mm-hmm. like, you've seen a path, you've mm-hmm. seen kind of where it goes from there. When, when there were 16 of us that mm-hmm. walked in. Yeah, yeah. 16 people and <laughs> we didn't know each other we didn't we all had different backgrounds some straight out of high school you're the trial and error class like yeah. they, they figure everything out for you guys yeah i think between both of us yeah no, the, good point that's there's a, a lot point. newer stuff in here no. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it was some new. not that new <laughs> yeah good point. windows 3.1 buy, all good buy a carpet yeah, Dave, yeah. buy a new carpet. <laughs> it was new when we got here. Yeah, no kidding. That's the sign that you we need didn't know what one. to do with yeah. it. Uh, I think there were very few of us who had any like any idea of what we were doing. I'd never yeah. worked in any kind of media. I'd never uh, done any video, any radio, any anything. Anything, mm-hmm. yeah. Same, man. And that was the same with me. Even going through university and, and studying business and psychology and realizing I didn't want to do it, and somehow landing on this as a thing I wanted to do. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to be on TV. I want to do this. And then I walked in. I was like, I know nothing. I know absolutely (laughs) nothing about what I'm getting myself into right now. And is this the right decision? It is intimidating because like you said, you had 16. We had 40 people just like me that were like bug eyed on day one that had like no idea what they were getting themselves into. So you say you had 40 people just like you. Yeah. You've had some great success. What separated you? You know what, man? I I remember on day one, they they told us, treat this place like work. Treat this place like it's your job. Come in here. 
and pretend you're trying to impress a boss and put something to air every single day. And that stuck with me, you know, and, and I would be here, you know, often I'd be the first one here and I'd be here late taking advantage of the fact that we had a studio like this or we had edit suites or we had cameras and whatever. And, and I'd just be working um, every time that I was here. I'd be putting in work to make sure that things were not just standard, but above standard in the eyes of, of the people that taught us. And so uh, I treated this place like work and obviously made some great friendships along the way, but I wasn't, you know, I knew everybody in here was competition, right? Yeah. And, and so I, try, I had to separate myself and being as intimidated as I was on day one, it forced me to kind of start right away. And that ethic just kind of carried me through the last, uh, uh, the two years, I guess one in a bit, because I got my job in my second year as well on air. And then I peaced out for the last month of school. <laughs> <laughs> Did they give yeah. you some money back? <laughs> no, but I gotta look into that. Right? Yeah, I gotta look into that, David. Yeah. <laughs> Ty, how did how did that affect how you treated it? Knowing that you guys were on the maiden voyage of the school that was going to be pumping out new people in this industry coming for your job every year. I think I've I've always kind of tried not to treat it that way. Even in what I do now, and even going through school, I don't treat it like someone's coming for my job because I always look at it like. I could teach, I'll teach you everything that I know how to do. Yeah. Everything. You know why? Because while you're doing that, I'm learning something else. There you go. Yeah. You can go and do what I want. Mm -hmm. That's fine. In fact, I, I want you to, because when you do that, then I've taught you something and I, I've made my mark that I can anywhere that I go mm -hmm. and I'll just do something else. I'll just within the, either it's somewhere else or within the same company. I've learned, well, I'm teaching you, I'm learning too. So while they're catching up to you, you're catching up to somebody else, else, right? I'm and that's catching the up way to, to some, go. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting further ahead yeah. of, of the person that I'm teaching because they're, they're just learning from me. And I, I, I'd like to think I learn pretty quickly. Yep. So I can always try and, and be ahead of that. So I try not to think of it like... Well, you're confident in your own abilities, right? I think yeah. this place teaches you to, to kind of own in on what you know as well, right? And, and, and something that it taught me was that, yeah, like I'm, I'm good at what I do. And so... There's no reason to be intimidated by others trying to get your job. Obviously, being on air, there's like a throng of people that of want course. to do yeah. what I do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I haven't lost that upon me. I'm very fortunate to be doing what I do. And at the same time, I'm happy to when students ask if they could shadow or, or you know, get feedback from, I'm happy to give it to them. Because like you said, I want them to come for my job, which means yeah. I got to go for someone else's, you know, I got to force myself to be even better knowing people are coming for me and I got to go for someone else yeah, in that competitive you. sense as well. Not like literally like take your job, but you know, just get better and better every single day. Yeah. It drives you. Yeah. I remember in class, we had Elliot Friedman as a teacher and he went around the classroom asking uh, us all what we wanted to do and our dream job, not just a, I want to be on air. Right. What is your specific yeah. dream job? And uh, I got a little nervous and I looked at him and he saw me kind of staring at him and I, he goes, what about you Pope? I'm like, well, Quite frankly, I want your job. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he looked at me, he goes, come get it. Yeah. And I was like, That's it. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And there's, you, you mentioned that you, you know, you're constantly learning from people. Uh, being behind the scenes, who are some of the guys that you're constantly learning from and that you look up to? Uh, well, one of the guys that teaches here, Anthony Ciccioni, yeah. uh, he runs a lot of this stuff. And, and from the time when, when I first left here, I went straight in, into Fight Network, which at the time was uh, much smaller than it is now and, and not on the scale that it was. Uh, so he's, he's taught me quite a, quite a bit on, on how to be a professional and how the industry works. It's not just, you know, we're, we're going to go to work every day. There's, there, there's nuances to everything. Yeah. And, and he's been instrumental in, in teaching me that. And then, uh, there are fight network too is Chad Midgley and, and Glenn McDonald, who are, you know, veterans in our industry. And, and they've taught me a lot. And I, I like to think that coming up with, with people like that, who understand and have a lot of experience, there's so much to learn that you never quite, you never quite learn it all. Mm -hmm. 
it seems that it is a, an ever-growing uh, learning process. Faisal, I'll start with you. What what mm. is one thing you learned being in the industry that you didn't learn here that you think a lesson maybe that you could you could pass on? That's a good question. Um, I think you know it was often said here that it gets easier when you're in the industry than it is here, and I think is that's that a joke? Actually, no, <laughs> no, not not in the. Oh, that's not, what I mean. No, 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 not in the, like. The I think actual, it gets tougher. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's not. It's like much harder <laughs> yeah. because you have mm-hmm. to be on top of every single thing every single time. Because yes, as great as this place was, and as much as I trained myself to treat this like work, it, it wasn't work in the yeah. literal sense, right? So, sure. uh, you know, you got to be on top of your stuff, and and you know, there really isn't as many people looking after you when you're in the industry. You kind of got to make your own. You got to you got to trust yourself and 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 vet yourself. You know, here you have teachers that give you feedback, give you criticism. If you mess up when you do what I do likelihood is you're not going to get as many chances or as many strikes as you have here. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, train yourself here to be good when you're out there so that you don't have those conversations. You don't have those fears. The yeah. other side of that is that when you're here, you're learning jobs that you may never, never do. do. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that actually helps. hundred percent. If, if, if you're, if you're coming in to as an AP somewhere and you've been here and it may not be the largest scale, but you've, produced a show, yeah. you've directed a yeah. show, that gives you some sort of a, a knowledge of what those people do and it helps you communicate with them a little bit better. When you're looking at a producer and having produced a show here and you can tell he's probably probably a little stressed out about something, you understand that a little 100%. bit more. So so you do what you can within your role to try and help that out because you get it. Before I got my job on air at The Score, I was applying to edit. I was applying to you know be behind the scenes because... I knew that was the path you kind of had to take. And I, I enjoyed all of it as well. It wasn't like I came in here with, uh, you know, tunnel vision, just focusing on the on-air stuff. I was very much uh, interested in everything that came with this place. I loved editing. I loved editing so much. The creative freedom that came with just putting, you know, the pieces together there and making it, as, as Dino used to say, making it hot. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved that so much. And again, uh, I would not have minded a job in any yeah. of those capacities, but... You know, obviously I'm glad where I am, but it would not have been like, oh, this sucks if I was like behind the scenes doing something. Because like you said, I learned it and I was confident in those abilities as well. And especially when you're on air, you learn that, you know, if you're doing a stand up to, you know, the simple, simple things, like not as soon as you sign off, you know, on Facebook, Mesa Sports, and you don't drop the don't mic. Don't drop right your away, mic. Hold, right? on, hold it <laughs> right? for a couple hold seconds. Hold it. Yeah. And yeah, the little yeah, things yeah, that yeah. you learn for the editor, yeah. right? Where somebody who's not paying attention to that doesn't learn as much. And yeah. we all know we would much rather have a utility knife than just a steak knife, 100%. right? I want a guy that can do everything. Yeah. And it, it goes to show because when you get in the business, especially my background is more so radio, especially in the radio business that continues to give certain individuals more jobs mm-hmm. to do, you need to be a utility knife. If yeah. you're a one-trick pony, you won't have a job. No. It's that simple. Yeah, um, That's fair. Right? Some That's lessons. Fair. I like that. Uh, going back to your time here at CSM, what, mm-hmm. what's... Um, Obviously, the friendships. Like we, yeah. we, we both commented on, or we all commented on it, right? The friendships go last forever. Yeah. Like Ty, we went to school for a year together. I still yeah. see it. it's like, hey, man, you know, right? Like it's <laughs> super nothing. casual, it's not, right? Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, what What are some of your memories from your time here? Uh, the The way that we we came together to to create things. Like I said, when we first walked in here, didn't know anybody. Most people had never really done anything. So to to be able to to grow and do things, and for me, it's always been uh, the Rogers Cup. We did mm-hmm. a Rogers mm-hmm. Cup, and I was part of Top Spin Radio that did a weekly Me show. 
<laughs> this Me is too. a topspin reunion. What up, homies? Yeah. yeah, you're welcome, Tennis Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we screwed that up. All right, anyways, anyways. So we, um, you know, we, we did topspin every week, but then to see the whole class get together in that week yeah. of the Rogers Cup, and, and you kind of learn who you can depend on in, in which ways, and it's a little different than the environment of being here because you're producing something and you're creating something for, like, mass consumption yeah. this isn't about like oh yeah my mom's gonna watch this on my demo tape at some point maybe <laughs> maybe maybe yeah we're, we're talking no, about streaming streaming through you know a, a national association that you know people watch this yeah people are watching this so to me seeing us come together and, and create some good stuff some Probably not good stuff, too. <laughs> Definitely not good stuff. <laughs> yeah, there was some I've bad seen stuff. My first hey, demo. The, oh, boy. <laughs> at the time, we thought it was gold. Yeah, of course. And that's and that's a cool experience to share of with course. people that you've worked very hard yeah. with over a long period of time and, and getting to see sort of an accomplishment that you can all share together. That's probably the best thing. Is you learn to work as a team. You learn uh, how, how to expect things from people. I you know, there's so many things that stand out, of course. I think the biggest thing, though, was just being able to spend time with, uh, you know, our teachers on a, I guess, intimate and, like, private mm-hmm. level. I'd yep. always make sure I, would, I was in an office of somebody's every day, you know, whether it's Dave's or Ray's or Jim's. Not to talk about everything going on here, but just to talk and, 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 and learn from them. And I think I can confidently say I'm friends with them more yep. than just their, you know, their mentors, obviously, and their teachers. And they help pave and shape, you know, who I am in this industry, but they're friends of mine too. I can reach out about anything and, and, and do that. I come back here all the time to just sit and chat with them. And I know Ray hates it when I'm in here because <laughs> I'm going to waste his time and, and yeah. talk about some dumb stuff. But yeah. uh, no, I, I really appreciate the openness and, and the candor that they had with me. And I think, again, it just made me more motivated to, to want to not only be in this industry, but while within this industry, be a good person as well. You hear a lot of people that, you know, often have an ego at times, right? And, and that's fine. You know, do, do you, but... I never wanted to be that person because these people weren't those people to me. You know, these people were intimidating at first, but they became so soft and, and friendly after that. And, and I appreciate that. Listen, we all know being in this industry that it's a love hate thing. There's going to be people that love you. There's oh, yeah. going to be people that hate. I'm sure phase you see it all the, all time, the time on Twitter, right? It's the best. Um, <laughs> I think not. <laughs> I, th- I love the saying that in this industry, you need an ego. Mm-hmm. It's what you do with that ego, mm-hmm. how you control it. Yeah. Is really something that I feel is a lesson to learn, right? And I, I, it's how you treat people in this industry. People, it's, it's a lot of what you can do, yes, but it's also who you know. Yep. Ty and I were talking about it. If you get a resume and you know somebody who worked with this guy, we're calling each other yeah. saying, hey, Ty, what was this guy like? Yeah. And if that's the way to go, right? I, think, I think that's fair. And that's why you, this industry is so small in this country yeah. that you cannot afford to piss somebody off. You can't, like, no. to do it, like, arrogantly is, is just unnecessary. You know, right. just be a good person. I think that helps. And, you know, again, the thing I'm most proud of in this industry is not, you know, going to this city to interview this player or doing that. It's it's the fact that, you know, to able to leverage what I do and, and use it to, to create some good and, and raise money for a charity that I was very proud of. Of and, course. And uh, that all comes with being in this industry and being respected and being liked. Nobody supports you if, if you're not, like, appreciated or, yeah. or liked or revered. And uh, I'm not saying they need to love me as uh, for what I do, but I just want people to think I'm a good person more than anything. And uh, like you said, that that helps make things go a long way. Hair looks good, by the way. Thank you. Came I'm, back I'm, on. I'm, I'm jealous. Sorry, I know, I know. I'm jealous. But... I'm bald. Uh, and uh, five. Okay, we got five left. Um, cool. I'm gonna start off a story. Um, I'm going through a bit of a flashback being in here right now. Yeah. Um, obviously, when you come for your audition, you come in here and you read the. They just give you a sports break, right, yeah. from CP, which is terribly written, <laughs> and. Uh, 
I came in here thinking that, you know, I had, I knew what I was doing. This is an easy get, right? I'm going in and I'm going to get accepted and I'm going to leave. Well, then I thought I was doing it with Lannis. Jim Van Horn's standing there. There you go. My <laughs> idol. Like I used to yeah, watch yeah, yeah. Hoo-Ha the Weekends here, right? I used to watch him sports desk all the time. So I come in here and he hands me the sports break and I immediately get nervous. I got the shakes. I can't breathe. I'm swallowing hard. My heart's racing. Like you could literally see my heart pounding. And I tried to read it and I couldn't, couldn't get through it. I had a major panic attack. And so he kind of comes in. He's like, okay, calm down. Like, relax. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd already told Brock University I'm not coming back. I'm I'm already out, canc- I'm I'm out. already canceled my lease. My mom's down the street. Like, she's, you know, like, oh. So then he goes back out there and he's like, okay, calm down. I'm like, can I get some water? I'm like visibly trembling. He brings me some water. I try to read it again. Still can't read it. Jim's like, okay, come on out here. He does the whole rewrite the sports break. I'm sweating, like visibly sweating. <laughs> he then tells me out in the main lobby, he goes, you know what? It'd be easy for me to accept everybody who applied and take their, take their money because it's not cheap. He goes, but I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be told that this industry isn't for you. Mm-hmm. He's like, this industry is not for you. And I was like, I went from like the peak mm-hmm. to like the lowest of my lows. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, I've told Brock I'm not coming back. I don't have a house. <laughs> So I go in, he's like going to talk to Lannis. So I go and sit down in Lannis's office and I'll never forget it. Lannis looks at me, leans back in his chair like only Lannis can, feet up on the desk. And he says, what the F? <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, I told Jim Van Horn, this is going to be an easy get, get you in, get you in. Let's go grab a coffee. He's like, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. And he looks at me and I'm like, I, I don't know. He goes, let's do it again. I'm like, I'm not doing it again. Yeah. I said, I've embarrassed myself enough. Yeah. I'm not doing that again. He's like, you're doing it again. So he comes in here and I read it, get through it. And he comes in, he goes, what was wrong with that? I'm like, that was a lot better than the first two times. <laughs> well, one, there's no throw up on the yeah, mic right? anymore. Yeah. For one, I can see straight. And he, he's like, all right, well, you start reading again. He's like, I'm going to go grab Van Horn and you can shove it somewhere. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. So I start reading, they disappear. And uh, for those listening, you can't see where the door is here. Yeah. And I get through it. The door I hear slam open. It's Van Horn eating a yogurt like he always does. <laughs> always is. And he walks in. He kicks the door open. And he goes, where the F was that five minutes ago? <laughs> He's like, forget everything I said. Dave, sign him up. We'll see you in September. Let's go. Let's go. That's a great story, <laughs> I, man. I went from like the low to peak high. to yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah. the very low. And then back up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's kind of this industry in a nutshell. Right? <laughs> is it? it really right? is. I walk in here today. Lannis is sitting here waiting. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, I wrote a thank you note for everybody coming today. No, he didn't. He goes, I wrote on yours. Remember your audition? I go back to see Ray. He's like, yo, remember the first time you came in here? <laughs> I go back to Van Horn. He's like, he giving us a your audition? Or two minutes left? Oh, oh, two minutes. All right. That's, that's one of my uh, low points, but high points in the industry. That, dude, what's, that's what's, a great story. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great story. And my idol, like yeah, my okay. actual idol. And what's uh, what's a top story from you guys in your time in the business? I, we, we have a very similar path. When, when I first decided... Uh, that I was going to come here uh, a little different. I didn't decide it. Oh, uh, I was working a job I hated. I had a girlfriend that was um, upset at me because she felt that I was not tapping into my potential and I was working 60 hours a week. And I had said, I'd heard Lannis on the radio. I was like, hey, that sounds like a pretty cool idea. Mm-hmm. But she's like, oh, do it. And I'm like, ah, I, that's, not, that's not for me. Yeah. I've got a job. I could never I, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got a pretty decent job. I may work like way too much and I'm stressed out and we're not having, you know, the the best time right now. And then two days later I was at work, uh, I was driving a truck and I get a phone call and it's a number I don't recognize and which is normal because I've got a lot of customers. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, it's Lannis. And he's like, Hey, uh, 
your girlfriend called me. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, and come says, on, yeah, man. And, sa- and said that you need to come in here to do your uh, your entrance interview uh, in three days. And I was just like, uh, um, okay, what what time? And Get he's like, uh, out. At, at 10. I go, okay. Uh, the next day I quit my job. Come on. That's yeah. a story, right? Man. These are stories. That's that I, awesome. The, the, ne- the next day I quit my job. I told, uh, I told my boss, who I respected quite a bit at the time, I said I, I got accepted into a school for broadcasting. Because him and I, fighting's my thing. I love mm-hmm. fighting. Yeah. And cool. him and I used to, used to talk about uh, you know, UFC and pride and stuff like that often. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go do that. That's And awesome. he's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I came here uh, without a job and just, and just did, it. did it. And did it. Bam. And, uh, you know, it's my now wife. It's, yeah. it's you know, yeah. because well, she... Of course, she, you wife yeah, her up. Yeah, right. You yeah, wife yeah. her up. She better be, bro. <laughs> she, uh, she made that for me, but... That's you, amazing. You go and it's just so, so crazy that a lot of the stories are the same where it's yeah. people that feel like they... Uh, can't do that. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. How, how am I going to leave the comfort of everything that I've got going on right now? How am I, how am I going to go from graduating university with a degree to taking this quote unquote step backwards to yeah. come yeah. to a college for two yeah, years? Yeah, you had two you degrees, know? right? Yeah, two degrees, business and psych. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do none of that. <laughs> and I'm going to just come here. What were your parents like? You're like, I, hey, I got two yeah. degrees and I'm not doing that. They're like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. But you know what? Again, they, they were understanding and this is the thing I wanted to do, man. And, and I, and I love talking and that stemmed from, you know, my battle with cancer, yeah. uh, which is very public. And I started speaking about my illness and it gave me confidence to speak. And there's nothing I love speaking about more than sports. So I was like, you know what, if I can speak about my story and I, if I can in- inspire people through that, maybe I have a knack for this. And I started the blog, like I said, in my last month of university. Um, and it just gave me the confidence to do this as well. So yeah. If you're not willing to give up just about everything, and put all your eggs in the basket of sports broadcasting. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm Don't t- do it. It's yeah. not worth it. It's a good point. It's not worth it. For Faisal Kamisa, Tyler Warman, I'm Chris Pope. Whoop, whoop.